Welcome to Your AHA Life, the podcast for high achievers who want more for their lives, more joy, more purpose, and more fulfillment. I'm your host, Tanya Harris Cornelius. I believe wholeheartedly that you don't have to choose between career success and personal fulfillment. You can have both. In each episode, I will provide stories of insight and inspiration to help you craft the life you dream of living, your AHA life. Let's get started. Hi there, this is Tanya. Welcome back to Your AHA Life, the podcast. I have a really good show for you today. And before I take you there, I wanted to remind you that there are now two ways you can enjoy Your AHA Life, the podcast. You can continue to listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, or you can now view this podcast on my new YouTube channel. I will put the link to the YouTube channel in the show notes. So now let me tee up today's show. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with Giovanni Densman. You're going to love Giovanni. Giovanni is an international author, meditation teacher, coach, and speaker. He currently resides in Australia. And you'll hear more about Giovanni's biography at the top of the show. But here's why I'm so excited. I'm excited for you because Giovanni and I are talking about a topic that I hear from so many people that it gets in their way, gets in their way of their personal and professional success. We are talking about overcoming the fear of failure. And Giovanni will help you to identify what are the emotions and the mindsets that are keeping you in fear. So I know you're going to learn so much and I hope have breakthrough moments, your own aha moments. And um, I'm, I'm excited about it. So join me. Let's get started. Listen in. Well, hi there. I'm uh, with Giovanni Densman today, and I'm so thrilled to have you, Giovanni, uh, come talk to me on uh, Your AHA Life. And um, before we get started, I want to read a little bit of your bio so our listeners and viewers uh, will, will know a little bit more about you. Uh, Giovanni Densman, he's an international author, meditation teacher, coach, and speaker. He is the creator of Live and Dare. It is the most popular meditation blog on the planet. It is so much more than a meditation blog. It's, you know, you have so many programs and courses on there. It's it's really a place to go uh, for your personal development uh, in so many different ways. Um, So he is the author of the best-selling book, practical meditation. This is the meditation Bible. I have it. It's wonderful. I love this book. And uh, every time I go in to learn more more about meditation and, and strengthening my meditation practice, I just feel, I just get lost in it. Uh, Giovanni, it's so, so wonderful. Um, let me share a little bit more. Uh, you have been practicing meditation for 18 years now, over 9,000 meditation hours. And what I thought was interesting was that you have uh, spent some time training at a monastery in France and was almost a monk twice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, so again, welcome Giovanni to your AHA life. Thank you. Thank you, Tonya. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here. Um, Before we get into the topic today, I want uh, you to kind of share a little bit about your journey because I think was also interesting and I'll just tip it off and then let you take it from there is that you said you were not born peaceful, but now you're like the most peaceful person. So Hmm. tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. 
No, I was not born peaceful. I, I don't know if anyone um, is apart from those first couple of years. Um, but um, yeah, I was very restless. I had a very restless energy about me. Perhaps you can say an anxious energy about me. And um, I was a bit of a ADHD, even though I was never diagnosed. But um, it was hard for me to to really be calm and centered until I discovered meditation when I was 15 years old. And that was a very special experience for me. I went into a workshop by a group called Brahma Kumaris. And it was a one hour introduction to meditation. And there was like a 10 minutes guided meditation. And that was very special. That was very different. Um, That experience was unique. It was a moment where I was not running after anything. I was not running away from anything. I was just present and happy in the here and now. And um, that was, that was so impactful that I decided that night that uh, I'm going to meditate for the rest of my life every day. And that was at the age of 15. Yes. Wow. It's so great. You encountered that. I, early in life i would say it's early in life because Mm -hmm. most people don't um i don't want to generalize but maybe because i didn't i came to meditation much later in my life uh but yeah you you encountered it early what an awesome awesome gift you gave yourself Mm. and so for the next um 20 something years i have been meditating daily and I've read so many books on the topic. I spent time with different teachers and masters, been initiated in different traditions. And in the past few years, I've been um, working full-time as a meditation teacher through the blog. And yeah. so that's, I, I live and breathe, breathe this stuff. That's yes, what I do. you do. I, <clears throat> I saw in, in your bio on, on your site, uh, on Live and Dare, that you've read over 200 books in this, mm-hmm. and uh, just a a real. Um, you're now a look a guru in this, but definitely spent a lot of time being a student of meditation mm-hmm. and learning all about these different um, traditions. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I still feel like a student. <laughs> You know what? That's a good thing, Giovanni, because I think that I too am a perpetual student. And I think, you know, there's so much, the more we know, the more we realize there's so much to learn. And, um, you know, I didn't say in your bio, but you did get, you know, your, your undergraduate uh, degree. um, And then also a a master's degree uh, in technology, your master's degree, and you were uh, contemplating going on for the PhD. How, how's that coming? I keep postponing the idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was actually a post. I, I have a bachelor in law and social sciences. Yes. And then a postgrad in IT. Um, and the PhD, um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it will come. At the moment, I'm more focused on writing books and creating courses and, and teaching people. Yeah, touching lives, touching mm. lives. So um, today we're going to be talking about fear and overcoming the fear of failure, uh, which is a common fear, I think, uh, at least in the circles that I travel. These are generally high achievement oriented people. So the success can sometimes mask the fear that underlies it. And, um, or for people who perhaps have not as been successful as they want to be because the fear has really kind of stood in their way. So I just think this is a a really important topic for us to, uh, jump into. And I have to, you know, tell the, the viewers, listeners, how I got to this. I, I use, uh, most often I use Insight Timer as my meditation app when I want to go for guided meditations as well as um, courses. They have wonderful courses available. Um, And so I had been following some of your meditations on Insight Timer, Giovanni, and then um, you had this course and it touched me because I as we're speaking about this, I have had to deal with my own uh, fears and fear of failure, um, 
and, and we'll talk more about that when we get into it. But I thought this would just be a really great topic because I know that um, this is something that's common uh, to a mm -hmm. lot of people. So mm -hmm. how did you get to this topic of, you know, fear or <clears throat> delving into that? Yeah. So that was actually the first program that I created uh, in my journey. And um, I felt that fear is perhaps one of the most limiting emotions. Um, and, and there's also positive fear. There is um, useful functional fear. So it's probably worth spending a moment to, to tell the difference because, um, you know, if you are walking in the forest and you hear a tiger, uh, you better have fear because that's going to allow you to focus all your resources in running yes. or, or, you know, uh, saving yourself. Um, and so there is functional fear and dysfunctional fear. A fear of uh, imminent physical danger is almost always functional and it's good. It's, uh, it's an emotion that helps you to focus and do what you need to do to keep yourself safe. Now, that's not the type of fear that most of us feel at all in our, in our day-to-day life. Uh, the type of fear that we feel is the psychological fear, is the fear that is often imagined, right? It's the fear of things that are not present and may never be present. The fear of things that even if they happen, nothing, nothing's going to happen. We may be afraid of rejection, but uh, if we are rejected, we're still in one piece. <laughs> and we're, st we're still alive. Everything is good. It's... Um, we are afraid. So psychological fear is when we are afraid of experiencing a certain emotion. Yeah. And we, and I love what you say because we blow it all out of proportion. We give it more power than it really has. And, yeah. and like you said, a lot of these fears are, are not even real if we just stay present in the moment. And that's why meditation and being learning how to be present and mindful in the mm -hmm. moment can can be uh, a catalyst for helping to overcome fears but yeah. yeah so with the fear of failure um i chose this topic because i think it's one of the most limiting emotions because it leads to regret mm. you know and um, there's that study that nine out of uh, four out of five people who die they have regret about some like two or three or, or five very common things. And one of these things is uh, regret that they didn't um, take action in certain, in their dreams or they didn't express their feelings or, uh, you know, and, and why don't we take action in these things? Because we fear, because we fear we that it's fear. not going to work. Can we I fear tell you, the consequences. Can I, you know, interject here uh, and I wrote it down. I have a little notebook that I keep when I go through the, the courses and I highlighted this when you said it in the course. Um, you know, you said, who will I become if I overcome this fear? Mm -hmm. But the thing that was my aha was who will I be if I live under this fear? And that was like, yeah, no, I don't want to be that. I don't want to have that regret. I don't want to go through life living less than what I'm capable um, of living. And so mm -hmm. I, I really leaned into, into this course over those two questions really, really perpetuated mm -hmm. me. Yeah. 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 And uh, the whole shift from living under the fear of failure to living a more empowered, a more courageous life, you know, there are many tools that help you to make this shift. Um, and of course, meditation is at the core of it. Um, the idea of self-discipline is also at the core of it because self-discipline is about doing what you know you should be doing and not what you feel like doing in the moment. So maybe in the moment you feel like shying away, you feel like procrastinating, avoiding pretending that you don't want it, you know, uh, failing on purpose so that you don't need to really try. Mm. But with the power of self-discipline, you can say like, no, this is not what I actually want. What I actually want is to take action, to take a real step in the direction of what's meaningful for me. Yes. Right? So yes. This, is, this is one of the main ways of overcoming fear. It's called exposure therapy. It is to expose yourself to the thing you fear 
little by little, step by step, gradually. And like that, you desensitize yourself. And you see that the thing you feared, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, okay, you're, going, you're going to fail. It's, it's, you, you are going to fail. Um, you can fail um, pursuing your dreams or you can fail working for someone else's dream. Wow. That's the choice we have. Yeah, it it's, sounds so simple, but it is a courageous act to move on in spite of what emotions or, or fears that you may have just to keep moving forward. And then it's almost like you go through fog, right? So you see this foggy, uh, you know, this fog out in front of you. But if you keep moving, you realize you're moving through the fog, that the fog kind of just dissipates uh, mm -hmm. into, into thin air like that. And, you, and then you can start to see your way clear. That's how I think of, of just confronting um, the fear. And a lot of it is actually being able to, to name uh, the fears, right? Yeah, so it all starts with self-awareness. You, you need to know what's happening when fear is arising. You need to know that fear is arising. Um, don't, don't fool yourself thinking that, oh, I'm going to do this later or this is not so important for me. No, it is. It is important and you're trying to avoid it because you're afraid of what will happen. I and so I that said that, yeah. I, 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 I love that you brought out this uh, symptom, uh, how, how fear can show up is procrastination. Uh, we mm -hmm. either... Uh, you know, I'm writing a book, you've written books. So uh, I'm writing a book. And I will tell you, I do procrastinate. And I come back to like, Tanya, what are you afraid of? And um, so that procrastination is one, the other one is dismissing it. Oh, you know what, maybe I don't need to do that or mm -hmm. whatever. So we make these excuses. Yeah. But at the core of it, um, maybe not always, but a lot of times is uh, an underlying fear that is not being addressed. And so the, the invitation of meditation is to, to be with whatever negative emotion arises. Because meditation teaches you that you are larger than your thoughts and you're larger than your emotions. And if you're larger than your emotions, then you, can, you don't need to be afraid of them. And as I said, you are afraid of experiencing certain emotions, and that's why you fear failure. You, ac you actually don't fear the failure itself. You fear how you will feel if you fail, right? And how you will feel, it's different things for different people, but it's probably a sense of shame, a sense of loss, a sense of um, regret or vulnerability. Maybe no, it's self-doubt, thinking that I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm you know, the imposter syndrome. And yeah. so these emotions, we do not want to feel. And to, to not risk feeling those emotions, we are willing to sacrifice our dreams. And that we call fear of failure. Yeah. So you were going through where I want to take us. Um, these, there were seven emotions. Um, and I'll, you know, kind of mention them. And you tell us a little bit about, you know, how those things show up. And um, I think it's important because that's where I had my aha moment of recognizing what was the emotion, what was the feeling that I was running away from. Um, so the first one you say, the emotion of, of being able to un uncover our fears, the fear of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So what, tell us a little bit about that fear. Yeah. And uh, as we're talking about these emotions, I invite your listener or your reader to really look within and see, is there, is there fear of experiencing that emotion? Mm. Are you willing and are you able to open your heart and to be present with that emotion if it arises? Because if you're not, then that emotion is limiting your life in ways that you may not even be aware of. Uh, but if you're able to be with it, if you're not afraid of experiencing these emotions that we're going to talk about, then, then they won't stop you. It's as simple as that. And so vulnerability is, um, you know, you are afraid to expose yourself. You are afraid to be seen. You think that um, perhaps 
you're not good enough, you're not, you're not worth it. And then if you try and fail, people will see you for who you really are. That's yeah. the idea of vulnerability. That's vulnerability. And so our, our second one, and we'll go through, uh, you know, another two or three, and then we'll pause and see if there's any other thoughts that you, you want to share, and then we'll finish mm -hmm. them off. Um, the second one was unworthiness and disappointment. Yeah. So one of the things that I say all the time in my teachings and courses is one of the most important things is the stories we tell ourselves. Mm. And we have come to this world without any story. We don't know who we are. We don't know what the world is. We don't know how to navigate reality. But little by little, we absorb the stories that are told. We absorb, we absorb the things that people tell us about who we are, about what the world is. And so if we are born um, in a family that the parents are anxious, that is the type of life vision and, and the lenses through which we're going to see ourselves in life. And for many people, um, it is the sense of unworthiness, right? Mm -hmm. The sense that, that somehow I'm not good enough and I need to prove myself so that I can feel good about who I am. And so if I'm going to try something difficult, it's very likely that I'm going to fail. And if I fail, then I'm just going to again feel that I'm not good enough. Yeah. So it's better that, it's I, that I don't go there. Yeah. yeah. It's almost a self-protection to Absolutely. Not, not feel that emotion anymore. Yes, yeah, it is. this is so good. This is so good. Um, the third one you talked about is shame and embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And so many of these, they are very tightly connected and they are just a different angle to get to the same thing, right? So shame is the idea that um, as it relates to fear of failure, it's the idea that if I fail, um, I would be in a position that my relationships with other people would suffer, that people would see me in a way that um, my sense of self, my sense of identity would, would feel judged and shaken and I would feel embarrassed and I would again feel that I'm not good enough. Mm. Because there is this uh, tendency to identify ourselves with you know, the, what, we are, what do we have achieved with the results of our actions. And so if we try something and we fail, we think that I'm a failure. Like I am not good enough. That's why I failed. But one of the shifts that I guide people through the course is failure says nothing about who you are. Mm. Right? Like, and, and success also says nothing about who you are. It's simply the results of the actions you take. And so if you fail, that then doesn't make you a failure. It just means that you don't yet have the needed knowledge or skills to succeed in that particular task, all right? And so yeah. it's important here to have what, what psychologists call a growth mindset. Yes. Versus a fixed mindset. So a fixed mindset is like, okay, if I try something and I fail, it means like I, I'm always gonna fail in that. Like I'm not good enough, so I better not try again. But a growth mindset means, okay, I'm going to try and, and I may fail, but that's not final. Failure is not final. It's Failure just a feedback. Yeah. Yes. It's just a feedback of in the present moment, right? It doesn't mean yeah. that I cannot grow and then succeed in that. So we need to develop this growth mindset. Growth mindset, Carol Dweck. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, success is not final either. So yeah. that's why, you know, we were talking about just being a perpetual learner. And um, it, it's all learning, you know, so yeah. you're right. If, if we try something and fail at it, it's, it's not that we are a failure. It's mm. that, okay, that didn't work that time. But you know what? Let me try this and just continuing to learn. I think I forget who said it, but to begin again more intelligently this time, you know, and yeah if we just remember that and hold on to it when we're in the midst of those emotions and, and, and be able to talk to ourselves and speak to ourselves and listen to ourselves, listen to that voice inside of us that says, you are not the failure. Let's try mm -hmm. this thing again, you know, and, and, and move on. Because also at the end, it's, um, 
it's not so much about the success or the failure. It's about the path. Mm. You know, um, whatever goal we have, of course, we would like to achieve our goals every time. I mean, that would be wonderful. But it's important to have a goal because not having a goal means that you don't have a direction in life. You don't have a, a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning. Right? And so you need to have a goal so that you have a sense of purpose and you have a sense of meaning. When you have a goal, it kind of organizes all the forces of your personality, of your being into a single direction. It puts you to test. It really polishes you. It allows you to grow. I'm and glad so, to hear that because I'm, I'm mm. hugely goal oriented. I will, I always will have uh, sometimes multiple goals in, in front of me that I'm striving toward. And I'm sure the same can be said of the, the people that will listen and view this, this podcast and um, even new year's resolutions, whatever they are, whatever you call them, this kind of uh, move toward the, what, what are you aspiring toward you know mm -hmm. I read somewhere that says you know to aspire is human and um you know people say well you know you know when you aspire you you just set yourself up for disappointment like ex like you have a certain expectation and i i get it the expectations you have to be careful of those because you can set yourself up for disappointment but to have a goal is means you are aspiring you're shooting towards something yeah and that's, that's part of the, of the courage that is required to live a great life. You know, it's, um, yes, when you dare to desire something, when you dare to have a goal, uh, yes, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yes, you're creating expectations that will likely be frustrated, but you're up for a great journey and you're, you're up, up for a, a lot of journey. growth. I love that. And that's why your, your site is called Live and Dare. Yeah. You know, that, live and it. dare. That's, that's the way to live. Um, okay, number four, guilt and regret. So the funny thing about regret is um, people may, may fear failure because they don't experience uh, regret. They feel like, hey, I already regret the mistakes I, I made in the past. Why would I take up new challenges and adventures and, and then fail again and regret even more? But the thing is, um, if you don't, you, will, you regret it. Right? If you don't take the steps in the direction to what is meaningful for you, you will regret it. Yeah. And, and the, the pain of failure goes very quickly. But the pain of regret of all of those dreams that you didn't pursue, that eats your soul very slowly for yeah. the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to really mess up this quote. I'm a quotes person. I love, I love quotes. I think there's so much energy and so much um, rich knowledge packed into a few words in, in quotes. But there's a quote, something you may know it about, you know, dying with the song still, you know, not, not having sung the song, you know, that you were to sing. And I think about that and it definitely propels me to say, no, I'm not going to die with this dream, with this song still in my heart. I'm going, I want to express it, you know, and that's, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So let's keep moving. And we have uh, three more on the emotion side, the imposter syndrome, which is a big one. It's talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. So tell us the emotion of the imposter syndrome. Well, imposter syndrome is that idea, that feeling that, um, um, that I, I actually can't do this. Like I'm actually not for real. Like I'm not, um, you know, I, I, I am fake. It's the sense that I am mm -hmm. fake, that I'm not good enough, that somehow I'm, I'm being lucky or I'm pretending. But, um, and, and then you want to protect that because it would be very painful to kind of remove your mask and, and, and see who you really are, show it in, under the daylight. That's the feeling and that's the story that our mind, our mind tells us. But, you know, and again, your mind can tell whatever story it wants, <laughs> but just don't let that stop you. Yeah. You know, I, when I migrated to Australia about nine years ago, um, I changed my profession from law to IT and I had no 
proper training in IT. I've never done, I, not gone to uni, not gone to college. I just learned from books. And, uh, and, and so like I was, I was feeling, how can I get jobs? How can I compete with the Australians who live here, who have yeah. a visa to work here, who have local experience? Like, how is this going to happen? So there were these thoughts, these doubts, but they didn't stop me because mm. I, I felt I'm going to give my best and see what happens. Yeah. Right. And um, I worked in that industry for about five years and I grew very quickly. I was made um, the team lead. And, uh, but all along, I had a bit of an imposter syndrome in the back because mm. I did not have a, a kind of like a, a formal training as a programmer. I always had that sense that I'm not a real programmer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm being paid as a real programmer. I'm being promoted. I, I am uh, kind of being the team lead with other people who are maybe better programmers than me. I don't know how that's happening because I'm not a real programmer. Like, <laughs> those thoughts were there in the background. And yeah. when I decided to quit my job and, and just be a meditation teacher, there was this sense like, okay, now I don't need to pretend to be a programmer anymore. Wow. But all wow. of that was happening just in my mind. Just you know? in my mind. It's not how people perceived me at all. And it's not what came through through my work. And it wasn't true. You were a programmer. Yeah. Otherwise, people would have stopped it, paying me a salary. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I had my contact. Uh, um, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I am a PhD. And I sometimes, you know, and at, at work, people sometimes call me Dr. Tanya and all of that. And there's this little like hesitation, like, will people think I'm just like super smart in all this stuff? And, and, you know, it is the, it, like you said, there at the very beginning, it's the messages we tell ourselves and to let that stuff go. Cause Mm -hmm. um, I am a PhD because I worked hard for a PhD. I did deep study in the topics that, you know, I, I studied and I, I earned it. So when people call me Dr. Tanya or, you know, then yes, I'm Dr. Tanya. That's, I earned, I earned that. You were a programmer. Yes. You, you earned yeah. that. You, you worked hard for that. And, and I think our, our viewers, our listeners, if you're hearing this and, and, you know, you're feeling like a fake or a facade and your, your cover is going to be blown. You know, own what, own your gifts and talents, own the hard work, own what you have actually accomplished and, um, and like push those thoughts out of the way. And the reason why I shared this, this personal story is just to say that, you know, those thoughts were there, but they didn't stop me yes. from doing my work. So, and that's one of the messages, um, in my course, let fear be the background noise of your success. So let fear be there. Let yes. those thoughts be there. You are larger than your thoughts. Meditation shows you that yes. every day. You are larger than your thoughts. Let the thoughts be there. Let the doubts be there. But you move forward in the yes. direction of your dreams. I love it. Love it. Love it. We have two more here. And these two were personal to me because I did kind of a checklist and I went through vulnerability. No, I don't really feel that, you know, embarrassment. No, I don't really, that doesn't really get to me. When we got down to number six and number seven, I was like, mm, that's where it is. And I was happy to be able to listen to you to name that fear, because I think that's a power to be able to name where that is coming from and then just be able to say, okay, now, now that I know your name, now that I know who you really are, I, I know who the enemy, I know who that enemy yeah. is in, in a way. So these last two, number six is fear of loss. Tell mm -hmm. us about that. Yeah, so loss may be different things for different people, depending on what is um, your desire, your goal. The loss could be loss of money, could be loss of time, it could be loss of credibility that you feel if you fail, you try something that is kind of public and you fail, then people are going to see you under a bad light. Um, so that is the one that is maybe the trickiest to, to argue with because all the other ones, they, 
they're kind of like creations of your mind. But this one can have a, a footing in reality, right? Mm. If you want to start a business, if you want to quit your job and do something else, yes, there's absolutely the possibility that you will lose some time or you lose some money or, or other things. But the trick here is you're focusing on the costs of taking action and you're not looking at the costs of not taking action, mm. right? And so the exercise, which is one of the exercises in the course, is to really see like, okay, what are the costs of not taking action? If five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, I look back and I've not taken this action. Yes. What are the emotional, psychological life costs of that? And you know what? Even if I do and I fail, like first, like what are the likelihood that I actually fail? Second is how bad is the failure likely to be? Right? Yeah. And the third is if the failure happens, how might I recover from it? And then you list like, okay, there are these five different things that I can do to recover from it. And this is how long it would take me. And then if the failure happens and whether I recover or not, how, could that, how would that be a blessing? Yes. What, yeah. are the, what is the growth? What are the lessons? What are the, the insights, the virtues that come from experiencing that failure? You know, it makes you a richer human being. Of course, we want success, but it's really through failure that we grow. We grow. Success is, is the cherry on top of the cake. Yes. You know? Yeah, you want that, but... And a, a quote from Socrates comes to mind now where mm. someone asked him if, um, if he should marry. And he said, I, I suggest that you marry because if you're successful, you'll be happy. And if you're not, you'll be wise. <laughs> That's everything, so. right? That's everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the last emotion is uncertainty, very related to loss, right? Being just not knowing what the future may hold. Mm -hmm. and, and we never do and we never will. So there is no fix for that. I know That's it's true. The, nat <laughs> the nature of life is that things are uncertain. But yeah. the only reason why that stops us from taking action is that we have an illusion that what we have now is certain. Mm. Until there's a pandemic and nothing else is certain uh, anymore. Nothing is certain. <laughs> We're yeah, all, you know? I mean, this is a lesson for us all that nothing is uncertain and, and it's great to have plans, you know, even like you said, loss, you know, to, okay, how would I recover if I were to lose? So it's great to have thought about those things and, and to prepare as much as you can. But agility and adaptability um, and realizing that change is the only constant and there is nothing truly certain uh, in, in life is that's part of the wisdom that comes with this. Because it's not really about letting go of certainty so that you explore an uncertain path. It's more about letting go of the illusion of yeah. certainty. Yeah. So this has been really great. How are we doing on time? I have, I'm lost in the, I'm lost in the mix, uh, Giovanni. <laughs> well, uh, perhaps we can, um, as we are moving towards the uh, finalizing this interview, we could talk a little bit about uh, what can people actually do to yeah, overcome yeah. fear of failure. There were a couple of mindsets that I, um, I wanted to cover and then can we then ease yep. into okay. what people can do? Because yep. there, there were eight mindsets. We'll just cover a couple. So if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, you should really take this course um, and get the full thing. Because this is lesson number one out of 10 lessons. So you're, I mean, it's so rich. Um, but some of the mindsets that I thought, you know, are pretty common is the mindset of perfectionism. I thought I'd go there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, perfectionism is both a blessing and a curse. Um, it is having really high standards for yourself. Um, so it is both a virtue and, and, and a flaw. And how can you tell the difference? Well, if, it's, if it helps you to be better, if it helps you to move forward, then it's, um, then it's a virtue. It's a blessing. But if it prevents you from even trying, then that is a curse. Yeah. So it's about understanding that 
maybe maybe perfectionism is your superpower and then you should own it and you should move forward with perfectionism knowing that you will never achieve your perfect ideal because it doesn't exist but that it's a north it's a direction that you're moving yeah. towards you and it really makes you makes you put give all of yourself because that is so, so freeing giovanni because most people will say give that up like nothing's ever perfect so you know give that up but you said maybe perfectionism is your superpower but mm-hmm. you control it don't let it control you you know yeah, yeah. yeah. so the second and, and last one i'll i'll cover i'll ask you to talk a little bit about um today and then we'll move on uh attachment to a sense of security again this sounds like an illusion right <laughs> yeah so that's um that's we spoke about that uh, when we spoke about uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, you know, there's this quote that uh, a ship is safe on the shore, but that's not what a ship is made for. Mm. So I think that summarizes the idea. And um, I cannot force people to see that. I can ask questions that will allow you to see that. But um, if you are so attached to a sense of security that you're not moving forward, perhaps you are overvaluing the security. And perhaps um, you're not ready now. Perhaps mm. some time has to pass in your life. And then you notice that, you know, that thing that I'm so attached to right now, it's not that great. Now I'm ready to kind of risk Now that. I'm ready. No. That, that money, that career, that relationship that I didn't want to risk. Maybe now I'm ready to to shake things a little bit because I see that the reward is is great. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes when you said it. You, you currently, if that's if that's the mindset, you value your current status and comfort more than your potential. That mm-hmm. was another aha for me because I am a person, personal development person, believe in it, passionate about it, and I always say. I'm here to help people reach their full potential. Well, then I have to look at myself, you know, am I, am I valuing the current status and my own sense of comfort, this comfort zone that Mm -hmm. limits a lot of us, right? We all go to the comfort zone. It's just, how long do you stay there? You know, at some point when you want to grow, you got to move out of that comfort zone. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, and, and since you are a, a, a quote buff, here's another am, one for you. <laughs> and uh, I think this one um, summarizes um, this idea uh, very succinctly. And it's from Lao Tzu. And he says oh, that... I love him. In order to become... That you have to let go of who you are to mm. become who you might be. Mm. And, and that speaks to the need of letting go of attachment to comfort and certainty in order to explore our potential. Yeah, yeah. We're kindred spirits, Giovanni. (laughs) So let's take this into uh, the end and tell our viewers and listeners, you know, well, what can they do now that they've identified these these, um, seven emotions underlying fear and at least a couple of these mindsets uh, that can be self-limiting? Now, what do they do? Yeah. And there are, are many different techniques that work for overcoming fear. Uh, in the course I explore, in the course on Insight Timer, I explore nine of them. And then in the course on my website, um, Limitless Life, uh, that course is actually the full version of the Fear Failure oh, course. Oh, wow. I yeah, have and to that's do actually, that. Yeah. <laughs> there are actually even more techniques there. Oh, and wow. The only, the, the only reason why I teach so many is because um, it's going to be a different thing for each person. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you need to be exposed to that variety, and you find something that okay, this is the one that works for me. Yes. Um, but uh, if I may briefly talk about um, two techniques, the the first one would be how to deal with the, with the fear when it arises in the moment, mm-hmm. and for that there is nothing more powerful than breathing. Now, when you are in the moment and a strong emotion arises, such as fear, or maybe anxiety, or anger what you do is you make your breath be calm and deep and even. 
Because when you breathe calm, deep, and even, you're telling your body, you're telling your nervous system that everything is okay. Because you don't breathe like that if you're under stress or if there's danger. So if you are breathing like that, you're telling your body that everything is okay and your body is going to behave as everything is okay. I have a confession. So this morning I got up, I took my, my dog out for, you know, do his business. And um, I could tell, I, I have on my Apple watch where uh, you can do your heart thing. And I noticed that I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. And, um, and I knew it was all because I was excited uh, of our, you know, podcast that I was going to be speaking with you. I wanted it to go well and, and all of this. And I think it's going fantastic. Um, uh, but I, I noticed my body. I paid attention to my body. And so I paused and I just spent time doing some deep breathing. And I said exactly that, Tanya, yeah. it's going mm -hmm. to be fine. It's going to mm -hmm. be okay. And, and immediately kind of just getting, when you just breathe uh, deeply, not shallow, you know, breathing deeply really brought a sense of calm to, to me. So I can attest to, to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so let me think of a, the, which could be a second technique to share. Um, mm -hmm. I think perhaps the idea of integrating the lizard brain. So the lizard brain is that most primitive part of the brain. Uh, it's the amygdala. It's what deals with uh, anxiety and fear. That's where it all happens. And uh, that inner lizard that we all have, um, it wants to keep you safe at whatever cost. Right? It does not care about achievement. It does not care <laughs> about fulfillment and self-esteem and dreams. It only cares about keeping you safe avoiding pain, avoiding death, mm. you know? Its version of a happy life is staying under a rock and away from predators and with three meals yes. a day. You know, that's, that's happiness, that's heaven for the lizard inside your brain. But you may have a very different idea of what it is to lead, to lead a happy, fulfilling life. So but how can you do that if your lizard brain is stopping you as you want to expose yourself and to take risks and to move forward. And the inner lizard, that part of the brain that is in charge of survival, that most primal part of the brain is pulling you back. It's like you're trying to move forward with a handbrake on. Oh. It's not easy. No. So you need to talk to your inner lizard mm. to make sure you're both on the same page. And um, there's a guided meditation that people can do for that. But basically the idea is that you, that you imagine that you're going deep inside yourself and you're meeting the lizard and you're having a conversation with the lizard. You're saying, uh, thank you for all the work that you do. Mm. I appreciate you and I know that you're always trying to protect me. But in this thing, I'm okay. I don't need your protection here. I need your help. And you know, this is so important for me that not achieving this is almost like dying. And I, the lizard does not want to die. Ah, uh, yes. Oh. And then you ask, so you, you kind of talk with the lizard um, using the language that the lizard understands, which is the language of fear. Mm. And then you ask the lizard, like, will you help me? Like, we both want the same thing. We both want what's best for me. Like, will you help me achieve this? And if you do this deeply, then you will find that um, a part of you that was fighting this goal, this fighting, this impulse, then kind of gets more reintegrated. You become more whole. You become more one. And when all forces of your personality are working together, when the whole of you wants the same thing, then you will achieve it. And that's, because what, it, that's like flow. That's when you know you're yeah. kind of in, in the flow. So my inner lizard, I gave him a name. His name is Max. And I have, okay. conver I have conversations with Max. <laughs> Yeah, like Max, no, we're not doing mm -hmm. that. I need you to go out front and, and pave the way for me. Like, go, go show me the, the way. So I, I gave Max a new job. So, uh, yeah, this has been so awesome. 
Giovanni better than I could have imagined. And all the hype, all the, you know, nervousness that was inside of me just um, went away and just sheer pleasure to, to speak with you. I do have a final question. I ask all of my guests, as you know, this podcast is called Your Aha Life. I believe it is an enlightened life. It's a life where um, there is more joy, more purpose, and more fulfillment. And so, but that shows up different for everyone. So I ask you, what does the aha life mean to you? And, and how are you living your aha life? So the aha life is the life where you're true to yourself. You're true to your deepest potential. You are honoring who you are. And you're really giving it all you've got. Because you know that nothing else will fulfill you. That's just perfect. Yes. So thank you so much for joining me today in this conversation on your AHA life. Uh, I'll have to bring you back. Uh, how, should, how should viewers, listeners get in touch with you? Sure. So the best way is to go to liveandare.com. Um, there is a lot of free material there. There is a free video course. Um, but if they want to really go deep into these and uh, learn meditation, learn self-discipline, overcome fear and anxiety, then uh, join the Limitless Life program. Yeah, love it, love it. Thanks again, Giovanni. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you, Tonya. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Come back again for another episode that will inspire you to live the life you dream about and the life you are meant to live. I'm Tanya Harris Cornelius, and this is Your AHA Life.